So what, what we'll probably do is we'll sing some songs. I'll go ahead and give a brief lesson for the stream. And then we'll turn that one off. And we'll enjoy the rest here. Does that sound like okay? With everybody? That way the people at home can get, get a little bit there too. All right. Hello, world. <laughs> Good to see you. A uh, number of our folks uh, staying home today because of the weather, and uh, but uh, had a good time of fellowship here at lunch. And uh, so we'll sing a couple songs here, and we'll get into the service. we got a special treat here this afternoon at church, and so I'll, I'll share a brief uh, challenge from God's Word for those listening by way of the Internet, and um, then we're going to enjoy a little bit more here, I guess, for a few moments. So that's uh, number 455, In My Heart There Rings a Melody. Number 455. I have a song that Jesus gave me. It was sent from heaven above. There never was a sweeter melody. Tis a melody of love. In my heart there rings a melody, there rings a melody with heaven's harmony. In my heart there rings a melody, there rings a melody of love. I love the Christ who died on Calvary, for He washed my sins away. He put within my heart a melody, and I know it's there to stay. In my heart there rings a melody, there rings a melody with heaven's harmony. In my heart there rings a melody, there rings a melody of love. T'will be my endless theme in glory, with the angels I will sing. T'will be a song with glorious harmony, when the courts of heaven ring. In my heart there rings a melody, there rings a melody with heaven's harmony. In my heart there rings a melody, there rings a melody of love. Amen. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll ask for the Lord's blessing this morning. Father, we're so grateful and thankful for the day you've given, the opportunity to meet together by way of live stream and some that have been able to come in person and have braved some of the weather and the elements. We thank you for the privilege to freely come and take your word and open it and preach it. And for the blessing that it is, the encouragement, the word is to us, the guiding and leading of your Holy Spirit, how precious that is, how sweet it is. And then, Father, as we enjoy the fellowship one with another, Lord, what a, what a thrill it is to our hearts, how encouraging it is how it uh, allows us to uh, strive together for the faith of the gospel. And so, Lord, we're thankful, grateful for the fellowship, the family that you have so fitly framed together here at Keitha Heights. And uh, we pray that you'll bless those that are not able to be with us in, in, by their presence today here at the church, uh, that you would give grace there and give um, great encouragement through the preaching of your word. Bless all that is said and done this afternoon, Lord. We ask that most importantly we... Bring glory to you, that your Holy Spirit will have his free work and his free reign in our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. 
All right. Uh, let's see here. Let's do um, number 460, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. What a fellowship, what a joy divine. Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. If you know it, you can sing it at home. Uh, if not, just kind of hum along with us, all right? What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning. Safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so dear. Leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Amen. Well, let's take our Bibles this afternoon. And I'm just going to take maybe five or seven minutes here. We're not going to be very long because we want... Uh, another opportunity to hear some good preaching this afternoon. And uh, so we're looking forward to that here in just a few moments. And um, Haggai chapter 1, the book of Haggai chapter number 1. The background of the book of Haggai is shortly after the time of uh, Nehemiah and the rebuilding of the wall of Jerusalem. And, of course, Ezra, who was a contemporary of Nehemiah and Haggai, uh, came along after the rebuilding of the wall, and they uh, found the book. Uh, and Ezra gets up and he reads the book of the law. And the children of Israel are pricked in their hearts. God does a great work in their hearts, and revival breaks out. And uh, not only did they rebuild the, the city physically, but their uh, hearts and their souls were rebuilt as well. And so great revival was was had in the time of Nehemiah. The the emphasis was to try to get the walls built, uh, and then they also went in and they were going through the rubble of the temple, the old temple that had been destroyed, and they that's where they found the book that Ezra got up and read, and uh, that caused the revival to spread throughout uh, Israel. And um, they rebuilt the foundations of the temple with the idea that uh, they would continue on and finish rebuilding the temple. Uh, we find as we get later on in the book of Haggai that there were some critics uh, in their midst, uh, even from the nation of Israel, that uh, as they did begin to rebuild the temple, uh, they said that the glory of this house is not the same as the glory of the first house. It's not even anything like it in splendor to the, the, 
the temple that Solomon had built. And uh, then God tells the people that were working to be strong and to continue on. And he says, because I'm going to fill this house and this, the glory of this house is going to exceed the glory of the one that was built earlier. And we learn a valuable lesson that the glory of the house of God is not in its ornate fixtures. It's not in the quality of its workmanship. But it's in the presence of God that is there. And you can tell, uh, even when you go to a church, uh, that in nowadays, uh, you walk into a church and some of them have beautiful facilities and first class technology and, and everything is just perfect and the program runs like clockwork and everything is just pristine. But it seems like there's a vanity there, an emptiness there. And then you walk into some churches and they don't have a whole lot. But boy, you just feel like the power of God is on that place. And the Bible teaches very clearly that where the presence of God is, He brings His glory. And uh, so Haggai deals with that in chapter 2. Before we get there, we find in chapter number 1 that God has some concerns about the nation of Israel. And I want us to look now, we'll begin reading verse number 1. In the second year of Darius, the king, uh, in the sixth month, the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? Now therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Ye have sold much, and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And ye that he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. Father, we pray that you'll bless the message this afternoon. Use it to be a help and encouragement to us. And may it guide and direct our steps. May it help us to refocus our priorities, our, our things that... Uh, are of utmost importance to us. And, uh, Father, that we would pursue after the right things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Two different times, God asks the nation of Israel, or tells the nation of Israel, consider your ways. Uh, the nation of Israel had grown lax. A number of years have passed since the foundation of the temple had been laid, and yet no other uh, progress has been made on the house of God. In fact, they all went to their own houses and began to work on them. They worked on their farms. And the Bible even talks about it, and he makes reference in verse number 4. He says, It's time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste. And the idea that they were working on uh, uh, modifying, improving, and making their homes more comfortable, and uh, spending all their priority on things that benefited them, and yet they left the house of God undone. And notice what the result of this was. By the way, uh, where is the house of God today in the day that we live? Okay, it's not this building. It's not Keith Ice Baptist Church. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Uh, in fact, we were reading a little bit uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5 uh, this morning about the mortal putting on uh, the, uh, the immortal, about this old house in this earthly nature, in this uh, residence, this, uh, that we're uh, wanting to put on the house that is built by hands, uh, not, not made with men's hands, but by the eternal hands of God. And um, so the, the house that uh, it belongs to God, or the temple that belongs to God now, is our, is our hearts, our bodies, our lives. And uh, so the Bible gives very clear indication here that God's intent is not for us to be so focused on what we want to do, but on building His house. Uh, 
not necessarily things that benefit us uh, by way of material gain or uh, uh, advancing in life by way of affluence or influence or position or wealth. Um, and and uh, certainly uh, those are noble things, and I think every person ought to work hard, and I think a man who doesn't provide for his family, the Bible says, is worse than an infidel. So we're not talking about being lazy here, but we're talking about someone whose heart is pursuing after their own comfort and letting the, the temple of God uh, remain unbuilt. Notice what he says, what his result is in this. In verse number 6, the result of, uh, of working and concerning themselves with their, their comfort, their houses, and, and letting the house of God lie waste. Notice what he says in verse 6. Ye have sown much and bring in little. You ever felt that way? You ever felt like I've worked and worked and worked and boy, I don't have a whole lot to show for it? Uh, he says this, ye eat, but ye have not enough. You ever notice that? Uh, the world tries to make it sound like, boy, if I can just get a little bit more, uh, if I can just get a little bit more, I'll be satisfied. If I can just get this. Every once in a while my kids will say, Dad, boy, if I just had this, I'd, I'd be content, I'd, I'd be happy. You know, I've learned this. If we're not content with what we have now, we'll never be content with what we have later on. Uh, the truth of the matter is, the world has, the flesh has appetites. The Bible calls it lust, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And no matter what we have, our, our flesh nature always wants a little bit more. And notice that it's never satisfied. He says this, you have sown much and you bring in little. Not only does God not prosper uh, materially a lot of things when our when our motives are wrong and our focus is wrong. But he says that uh, we eat but have not enough. We drink but are not filled with drink. We clothe you but there is none uh, warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. Why? <coughs> because uh, we've, uh, verse number uh, 9 tells us, you looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when I brought it home, when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith Lord? Why did why did this happen? And here's the reason: because of mine house that is waste, and you run every man unto his own house. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. So, what is the solution? Well, he gives us that in verse number eight. The solution is that we're to go up to the mountain and bring wood and build. We're supposed to be taking this temple of the Holy Ghost and we're supposed to be constructing some things and building it and causing it to become more and more Christ-like. And we do that by reading God's Word. We do that by walking with Him. We do that by fellowshipping with other Christians. And so many things that we teach and preach on help us to do this. So God tells us how we're to correct it. And then I want you to notice what the result of this is. Look in verse number 8. He says, number one, I will take pleasure in it. Number two, I will be glorified, saith the Lord. I'll take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified. Can I tell you this? We're living in a world that even among God's people, we find ourselves far too often dwelling in our sealed houses. We find ourselves in verse number nine of the Lord's house, that's our, our bodies, our, our temple, lying waste. And we run everything to our own house. Every man to our own house. You know, the psalmist puts it this way. He says, oh, that my will was thy will. And that's what it comes down to. What are we focusing on on the inner man? What are we focusing on in our lives? This thing that is the temple of the Holy Ghost. 
Are we trying to become more of what we ought to be? Are we trying to become more of an example, more of a testimony? Are we trying to point men to Christ through the things that we're doing in our life? Through the attitudes that we have? Through the type of person that we're becoming? Do we have that opportunity? Are we building this temple that God speaks of here? Great lessons to be learned. When we begin to look at our own way and our own selfishness and our own things that we want to do, it seems like we work and we labor and we work and we labor and we just can't seem to get ahead. When we bring it home, the Bible says in verse number 9, the Lord blows upon it. It's like the chaff that's blown away. God says, why? Because mine house, that is waste, and you run every man unto his own house. What is our focus? In our day-to-day life, what is our focus? Are we trying to just make our lives better, more, more comfortable, more convenient? Or do we pursue after building the house of God that's in us, this, this temple of the Holy Ghost that's in us, which we have of God? You know, there was a foundation laid, the Bible says. The foundation was the Lord Jesus Christ. The same as the Bible said, the chief cornerstone. What are we building on it? The Bible says that we are either building wood, hay, and stubble, or we're building gold, silver, and precious stones on it. One day it's going to get tried in the fire. And what the the Bible speaks of here in verse number 9, I think is so vividly portrayed in the New Testament when it says that the wood, hay, and stubble is going to burn one day. God's going to blow upon it. Only the things that are done for Christ will last. Uh, I've heard Don Sisk who uh, was for many years the director of BIM. I quote a poem. I don't know that he wrote it. I think it's written by somebody else, but I love the poem. He quotes it often. He says, Only one life will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. Can I encourage you this afternoon? Uh, let's, let's, let's build the house of God. Let's, let's daily find some things that we can grow in so that God can take pleasure in it and He can be glorified in it. I don't know about you, but I think one of the great thrills of my life as I get older is finding things that I know please God and doing them. It, it, it just it gives me no greater thrill than to find something in Scripture that says this pleases God and then to be able to do it. Because we so long to do that, don't we? We want to please Him, we want to glorify Him. So I hope that will be a help to you. We're going to go ahead and have a word of prayer. We're going to end our live stream here. And then those of us that are here, we get another special treat. All right? So, Brother Kenny, if you want to go ahead and shut that off, and we'll go ahead and pray here. Father, we're so thankful for the opportunity to be here. We're thankful for those that tuned in by way of live stream. I pray that you'll bless and use the lesson this afternoon. Just a brief one. Nothing profound, but certainly something that uh, is a help to us in our lives. Bless the time that we spend here together in just a few moments. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.